Hello and welcome to episode number one of the Dunkel Index podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel and here with me is a guy who sees college football numbers in his sleep. That's my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey Ben, it's great to be here. Uh, Great to be doing this podcast with you. I hope this is the first of many that we can do. Uh, And yeah, it is great to come up for some air. Uh, We have all of week one's picks posted at our website, dunkelindex.com. So make sure to come and check them out. Uh, And this will be the 90th consecutive season for the uh, index. Dates back all the way to 1929 when my grandfather started the system. Give you a little bit of perspective. Uh, Red Grange and Bronco Nagurski were still playing football in Chicago for a young coach then by the name of George Hallis. Newt Rockney was still the head coach at Notre Dame, and it was a full six years before Jay Burwanger won the first Heisman Trophy. Uh, any truth to the rumor, Ben, that Antonio Brown is going to be playing football this year in a Jay Burwanger helmet? Did they even have helmets back then? Made out of a little different material, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I don't I Something don't called leather, I believe. All right, so today we're going to be breaking down the teams that finished in the index top 25 last year and looking ahead at some of those week one games of this college football season. Also, be sure to check out the website for a full recap of the top 25 teams in a new section where we're going to be posting articles. All right, now uh, let's get started with the number 25 team last season, and that was Utah State. They finished with a 97.565 rating, and they were one of the most improved teams last year, going from 6-7 and seven to 11-2 and two overall, and 9-3-1 and one against the spread. What do you think about Utah State this year? Yeah, I mean, to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, their five-year uh, rating in the index uh, just ranks them number 67. So the fact that the Aggies got all the way up to number 25 underscores the job that head coach Matt Wells did last year. Uh, They finished it off with a huge win in the New Mexico Bowl, beating North Texas 52-13. to But of course, in uh, college football, no good deed goes without uh, notice, and uh, the big guys came knocking. Texas Tech ended up taking Wells uh, to Lubbock with them. But the good news for Aggies uh, fans is that uh, familiar face comes back, Gary Anderson, who had a lot of success in his first go-round uh, in Logan, uh, returns. Uh, he, in fact, he got Utah State to his first bowl in 14 years back in 2011, moved on to Wisconsin, and had a fairly short and unsuccessful stint there in Madison. So he comes back for a 2.0 in, uh, in Utah State, and the good news is he uh, has a cupboard that is not completely bare, uh, especially a quarterback where Jordan Love returns. Love set school records last year for passing yards and TDs. Uh, we do expect some regression, though. Their base rating in 2018 was only uh, 42nd uh, among the FBS teams. So uh, they were probably playing uh, a little over their head, and some of that regression may very well come in week one when they have to travel out east. They play Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest is having a renaissance of its own, and they've won three, uh, or three straight uh, winning seasons under head coach Dave Clawson. They returned one of the best running backs in the ACC in, in Cade Carney. Uh, and they have enjoyed the summer months. Uh, Wake Forest is 5-1 and one in its last six 
uh, August games. Uh, the Aggies do not like the Heat. They are just one and seven straight up in their last eight August games. So we expect that trend to continue. Vegas has uh, Wake Forest a three three and a half point favorite, and the index uh, is in agreement with that. We have Wake Forest covering that number. So it uh, looks like Gary Anderson's second tour of duty uh, will begin in an 0-1 hole. All right, and we move now to the number 24 team. Uh, this, this team actually won the Mountain West last year. That was Fresno State. They finished with a 97.589 rating after winning their bowl game. What do you think about Fresno State this season? Well, whereas you know Utah State, uh, we see some regression uh, based on their ratings, uh, and where they ranked last year. Uh, Fresno State seems to be on much more solid footing. They had a base rating that ranked them number 21 in the index and an adjusted rating that ranked them number 13. So uh, the turnaround job that Jeff Tedford has uh, done there seems to have taken hold. Um, Tedford does have a challenge, though. He has to replace his quarterback uh, from the past two seasons, Marcus McMarion, uh, and he has an inexperienced senior in Jorge Reina taking over. So he's probably going to have to rely early on on some of the more experienced players returning, like Ronnie Rivers in the backfield, who had over 700 yards rushing last year and 10 TDs, and Jared Rice, who's one of the better tight ends in the Mountain West. A great opener uh, for football fans in general uh, for this one. They, uh, the Bulldogs head to USC. Uh, this is definitely not the USC of years past. Uh, the Trojans were just 5-7 and seven last year, uh, their first losing season since 2000. Head coach Clay Helton is on the hottest of hot seats right now. Uh, Fresno comes into this one with a 14-3-1 uh, record against the spread in their last 18 road games, uh, whereas USC is just 4-11 uh, against the spread in their last 15 games uh, overall. Vegas has the Trojans a 13-point favorite. Uh, we disagree. The index has Fresno State uh, straight up in this one. Uh, so one of the bigger upsets of the first weekend. All right. Now moving on to number 23, we have Washington State. They finished up with a 97.676 rating last year. They went from 9-4 in 2017 to 11-2 last year and set a new school record. Um, they won their bowl game versus Iowa State, and they finished 9-4 and against the spread, but they're going to lose their quarterback last year, and it looks like they're replacing him with a guy named Gage Gabrud. Yes, Gage Gabrud. Um, remember that name, sports fans. I think we're going to be hearing a lot uh, from him in Mike Leach's air raid offense. Uh, Leach... Uh, knows how to find plug-and-play quarterbacks. In fact, uh, last year's starter, Gardner Minshew, was a transfer from East Carolina uh, when he took over for uh, Luke Falk, who had a ton of success in, in Pullman. And uh, Minshew was able to put together an 11-win season that, like you said, was capped off by its win over Iowa State. So Gabrud uh, should have no uh, problem fitting in. Uh, he comes in with a, actually a ton of experience. Uh, it's not at the FBS level. It's at the FCS level where he uh, quarterbacked Eastern Washington and actually was a finalist for the uh, Peyton Award uh, for two seasons. So has a ton of talent and 
he uh, has a ton of uh, of uh, folks to target. Uh, the Cougars bring back uh, their top four uh, receivers from last year, including the team leader Desmond Patman, who had over 800 yards receiving. So we fully expect the air raid offense to continue. Uh, their opener is against New Mexico State. Uh, the Aggies uh, had a 7-6 and six season uh, two years ago. Looked like they were showing some signs of life. Actually made a bowl game, uh, ending the longest bowlist drought. Uh, it had been since 1960 since they went to one. Uh, but last year, they kind of fell back into a more traditional mode. They were just 3-9. and nine. Uh, They open up as a 32, 33-point underdog to Washington State. The index uh, sees uh, the Cougars covering that number and uh, Mike Leach's offense getting off on a good foot. Okay, now looking at number 22, Oklahoma State. Uh, An interesting team last year. They finished 97.760 in the index. Just seven and six overall, but eight and five against the spread. Uh, could they benefit from some more experience this year? Yeah, it definitely uh, not a typical year for Mike Gundy. Uh, their five-year average ranks them number fourteen uh, in the index. So uh, some rare slippage last year to just seven wins, uh, and some of those included, you know, unranked teams like Kansas State and Baylor uh, and and Iowa State. Uh, expect Gundy to get uh, his team uh, back into more winning ways this year. He, he brings back a lot on the offensive end. Um, Tylen Wallace uh, is one of the better re- receivers in college football. Bolitnikoff finalist last year uh, had over 1,400 receiving yards. And uh, Chubba Hubbard uh, comes back at, at tailback with over 700 yards rushing so uh we expect the cowboys uh to once again be moving the ball they do have uh an opener out on the west coast this year they open up against oregon state uh record wise oregon state not that impressive two and ten last year Uh, but they do uh, return 16 starters and um the cowboys are just one in four straight up in their last Five road games, so they have struggled away from Stillwater of late. We expect Oklahoma State uh, to survive this game and win it, uh, but we do not have them covering the 16, 17 point line that Vegas currently has them favored. All right, now looking at number 21, we have one of the more surprising teams last year, and that was Kentucky. They finished with a 97.774 rating last year. And Mark Stoops is the only coach in the last five years that hasn't had his record decline in any year. He's gone from five and seven to ten and three in that time. Is this a trend that can continue? Yeah, that's the kind of growth that even uh, John Calipari might appreciate from a Kentucky team. But it's uh, even rarer that it's on the football field. I mean, to give you a, a sense of, of what a year Stoops had, uh, they ended. Uh, the fourth longest losing streak uh, last year when they beat the Florida Gators. It had been 31 straight losses. So it was a great year uh, by all accounts for Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, but they lost a lot uh, in the offseason. Um, running back Benny Snell, linebacker Josh Allen, who were major, major pieces of that puzzle, uh, have moved on to the NFL 
you know, the, the Wildcats rank just number 62 in the index over the last five years. So we do expect uh, that to kind of come into, into play this year and, and to see a little bit of regression out of the Wildcats. But week one looks to be pretty secure for them. Um, they go up against uh, Toledo. And uh, the Wildcats have enjoyed uh, a lot of success against the Mac, Mac opponents. In fact, they're seven and two against the spread in, in their last nine. So Vegas has uh, the Cats a 12-point favorite. Uh, the index has uh, Stoops and Kentucky coming out of that and covering the 12. Okay. Uh, now moving on to number 20 is a team that I've been waiting to talk about all day. That's Michigan. They finished with a 98.126 rating last year, um, but that's due mostly to the really disappointing end that they had um, dominant early in the year. But, um, you know, Harbaugh, it seems like a put up or shut up year for him. He's just two and seven against Ohio State, Michigan State, and Notre Dame, uh, but he gets all those games at home this year. So looks like maybe a, a, a upswing. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh Definitely a collapse last year. Uh, they go into Columbus, a favorite. Uh, everybody in Ann Arbor thinks, oh, this is the year. Uh, and they come out of there uh, with a 62-39 loss. And then they just completely sleepwalk through uh, their bowl game against Florida. So knocking them all the way down to number 20. But if you look at uh, their base rating, uh, ranks them at number 7 in the index. Their adjusted rating at number 9. So um, they're starting off in a little bit of a hole, but don't expect Michigan to stay there long. They did have a shakeup in the offseason, uh, brought in a new offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, out of Alabama. Uh, Gaddis is implementing a spread offense, which the expectation is will be more conducive to quarterback Shane Patterson's skills and uh, kind of working in playmakers like Donovan Peoples-Jones more. So the Wolverines uh, open up uh, against uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, the Blue Raiders uh, have had four straight winning seasons under Rick Stockstill, the old Florida State coach, but they have a new quarterback uh, coming in, uh, replacing Stockstill's son, uh, Brent Stockstill, who graduated uh, we see uh, this game um, being a little closer than, than Vegas has it. Um, Michigan is just one in four uh, against the spread uh, in its last five games. And uh, the Blue Raiders are five and two against the spread in their last seven. Vegas has this a 30-point game. We see it uh, closer to 20 points. So uh, we have Middle Tennessee plus the points in the, that one. Okay. Uh, now moving to number 19, West Virginia. They finished with a 98.160 rating. Uh, they peaked at number six in the polls last season and were just three points away from the Big 12 title game. But with a new offense and defense this season, it seems like a rebuilding year. What do you see for them? Yeah, oh, so close last year. I mean, three points uh, within beating Oklahoma would have put them in the in the Big 12 championship. And, um, you know, with Will Greer, a quarterback last year, and Dana Holgerson as head coach, uh, the balls were flying around in Morgantown. But both Holgerson and Greer are gone, and in comes Neil Brown, who was the uh, head coach at Troy. 
Brown uh, was 4-8 and eight in his first season at Troy and then led them to three straight double-digit win seasons. We expect Brown to have somewhat the same situation here in, in Morgantown. Uh, the Mountaineers open up against James Madison, uh, always one of the better uh, FCS teams. Uh, they're only a six, seven point favorite. We think the Mountaineers still have enough talent on their side of the ball to cover that number. Okay. All right. Uh, now moving on to number 18, University of Central Florida. They finished last year with a 99.637 rating. Uh, they were a perfect 12-0 and in the regular season and had their win streak all the way up to 25 before losing to LSU in the bowl game. Can they bounce back from that loss this year? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge uh, for the Knights. Um, they not only lost the bowl game last year, but they also lost their quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, uh, who had won back-to-back American Athletic Conference uh, Offensive Player of the Year awards. Uh, he went down with a knee injury in November. Uh, and head coach Josh Heupel now has to find a replacement. It looks like it's going to be uh, Notre Dame's old quarterback, Brandon Wimbush, and, and that's good news. Wimbush uh, has a lot of experience uh, from his days at South Bend, uh, and he also gets uh, a lot of help. They've got two all-conference options uh, coming back in the backfield in uh, Craig McRae, who had over 1,100 yards rushing last year, and Adrian Killens, who had um, over 700 yards rushing. So uh, we see the Knights as once again uh, being a force on offense. Um, They open up this year uh, against FAMU, Florida A&M, uh, and that's got one of the bigger lines uh, in Vegas uh, for week one. I, uh, Knights are about a 45-point favorite, uh, but they play well as a favorite. Uh, UCF is 5-1 and one against the spread in its last six uh, as a favorite, and uh, the index has them to win this game and cover the 45. All right, now at number 17, we have Penn State. They finished with 100.138, and it was a somewhat disappointing 9-4 and four season. Um, they were just 6-6-1 six, six and one against the spread last year, and I think the question this year is, their defense strong enough to carry them? Yeah, I mean, d- disappointing, definitely. I mean, hard to say nine-win seasons are disappointing, but that's, that's the kind of program that uh, James Franklin's Built at Penn State. Once again, uh, nine wins is a disappointment. Uh, You know, they finished number six in both the uh, base rating and adjusted rating in the index, which showed you, you know, they were were a quality team uh, that just was finding ways to lose football games rather than win them last year. Franklin's got uh, a tough chore ahead. Uh, He loses uh, Trace McSorley. Uh, his experienced quarterback and the heir apparent, Tommy Stevens, uh, ended up transferring to Mississippi State. So into the uh, quarterback role steps Sean Clifford, who has attempted just seven passes in his Penn State career. Uh, look for Penn State to rely early and often on its defense, uh, which is a good one. They return um, Yetter Gross Modest at uh, at defensive line and linebacker Micah Parsons, who last year became the first freshman in the history of Penn State football uh, to lead the team in tackles with 83. The Nittany Lions uh, open up uh, against Idaho, uh, a former FBS team, which has gone back down to the FCS. 
Um, Penn State is uh, is five and zero in its last uh, five August games, whereas the Vandals are just one in seven in their last eight. Vegas has this one a uh, around forty point line. Uh, we see Penn State winning and covering that. Okay, uh, moving on now to number sixteen, we have uh, Auburn, who finished with a one hundred point seven eight nine rating. Another underachiever here. They finished eight and five overall, just five and eight against the spread. Um, they fell on the index, but the blowout against Purdue in the bowl game kind of helped preserve their number a bit. Uh, what do you see for them this year? Well, it, you know, it, Gus Malzahn uh, really had a challenge last year in, in in getting much production out of the offense, and it's kind of remarkable. Uh, they only finished number seventy-eight in total offense, and yet they had uh, a. NFL caliber quarterback in Jarrett Stidham, who is now Tom Brady's backup in New England. Um, Malzahn doesn't have Stidham this year. Uh, what he has is a redshirt freshman in Joey Gatewood and a true freshman in Bo Nix to choose from. So uh, it could be a pretty steep learning curve early on for the Tigers. Uh, they do have one of the better defenses in, in the SEC in all of football. All-America, uh, Derek Brown on the defensive line, and uh, Nick Coe at linebacker. Uh, so the Tigers should be in football games uh, thanks to the defense. But a tough one out of the box. Uh, they've got Oregon in, uh, in Texas. Uh, the Ducks have uh, maybe the best quarterback in, in college football in Justin Herbert, uh, certainly a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, the Tigers are just 3-7-1 uh, ATS against uh, in their last 11 non-conference games, whereas uh, the Ducks are 4-1 um, are uh, against the spread in their last five. Um, Vegas has this a three-point game with the Tigers favored. Uh, we have Oregon plus the three on that one. Okay, now at number 15, we have a team that a lot of people think is a real contender this year. That's LSU. Uh, last year, they had upset wins over Miami, Auburn, and Georgia. They won their bowl game over UCF, uh, but they lost at home to Alabama 29-0, and they have to face them on the road this year. Uh, can LSU overcome that? Yeah, you know, um, LSU always uh, great on defense, uh, but Offense has been a little bit stagnant in, in recent years, uh, but Ed Orgeron looks to be turning that around. He uh, got quarterback Joe Burrow, uh, who transferred from Ohio State, uh, and they started throwing the ball a little more, and voila, we have a 10-win season, their first since 2013 last year, and they went toe-to-toe with UCF in the uh, Fiesta Bowl and uh, outshot them, 40-32. to 32. So there is offense in Baton Rouge now. Uh, Burrow is back, uh, as is his uh, number one target, wide receiver uh, Justin Jefferson. So we look for that offensive trend to continue. Uh, on defense, they lost a lot. They lost uh, linebacker Devin White and cornerback Reedy Williams to the NFL. But uh, there's no shortage of strong defenders uh, when it comes to LSU, and uh, their secondary is probably second to none uh, with uh, All-American safety Grant Delpit and and cornerback uh, Christian Fulton. Uh, They open up uh, against Georgia Southern uh, in week one. Uh, LSU loves 
playing the Sun Belt. They're 16 and one straight up uh, against Sun Belt opponents. This one is a 28-point line uh, with LSU favored. Uh, the index has LSU to win that and cover the number. All right, now let's move to the number 14 team, Missouri. They finished with a 101.656 rating last year. They were 8-5 in 2018, just 7-6 and six against the spread, 2-5 and five versus teams with a winning record. Uh, conversely, they were 6-0 versus losing teams. Uh, how do you think they look this year? Well, there's a big question mark surrounding Missouri coming into this season. Uh, they were really guided by their quarterback, Drew Locke, who had a sensational year last year and threw for a school record 44 touchdowns. Uh, Locke has graduated to the NFL. So Coach Barry Odom has a, a big task of trying to fill that void. Did a great job, though, in, uh, in getting transfer Kelly Bryant uh, out of Clemson. Uh, Bryant was uh, Dabo's cute quarterback there until Trevor Lawrence came in uh, early in the last season and, and moved Bryant to the bench. Bryant subsequently transferred to Columbia. So that's the good news for the Tigers. Um, they've got uh, one of the best tight ends in, uh, in the SEC as well, in Albert, uh, remember this name, Okuwe Bunam, uh, who's going to be an All-American this season. So things are looking pretty good for the Tigers coming into the season. They do have a uh, tricky test uh, in week one. They hit the road and head out to Wyoming to play the Cowboys on the road. Uh, Wyoming's coming off of a 6-6 six and six season, uh, somewhat like uh, Missouri. Uh, they struggled last year trying to fill the void of a quarterback that had gone on to the NFL with uh, Josh Allen. They couldn't quite find the right mix, uh, so a 500 season is all Craig Bowl could get out of them. But they've got experienced quarterbacks coming back this year, and uh, Wyoming has actually had some success against the SEC. They're 4-1 against the spread in their last five against SEC teams. Mizzou's also struggled coming out of the gate. They're just 1-4 uh, in their last five season openers. So uh, Vegas has this about a 17 to 18 point line with Mizzou favored. Uh, the index has the Cowboys plus the points in this one. Okay, now let's move to the number 13 team. That was Texas A&M. They finished with a 102.155 rating. So Jimbo Fisher guided them to a 9-4 record overall, and incredibly they were 10-3 against the spread. Uh, do you think he's building a legit contender? Yeah, the Aggies... Uh, Big $75 million investment in Jimbo Fisher. Uh, paid some nice dividends last year. Uh, it was the most wins uh, that the Aggies have had since 2013. Uh, and they finished it off with a big 52-13 uh, win over NC State in the uh, Gator Bowl. Uh, Fisher has a quarterback coming back in Kellen Mond, a dual threat. Uh, threw for over th 3,000 yards last year and 24 TDs. And Mond is going to be lining up behind one of the best offensive lines in college football. So looking for good things again this year in College Station. Uh, the Aggies open up against uh, in-state, I don't want to say rival, uh, but an in-state school in, in Texas Tech, or Tech, pardon me, Texas State. Uh, the Bobcats fired their coach in the offseason, Everett Withers, after he just went 7-28 and over three seasons. Uh, Withers was a defensive-minded coach, uh, of course, going in the opposite direction. The Bobcats have brought in an offensive-minded coach in Jake Spavital, 
who most recently was the offensive coordinator in pass-happy West Virginia. So look for the Bobcats to uh, start putting the ball in the air a little more. Uh, they actually are 4-0-1 against the spread in their last five road games, uh, while the Aggies are just 2-5 and against the spread in their last seven games in August. So the Aggies uh, should win this game, but uh, covering the line of roughly 24 points uh, does not look to be the case. The index has Texas State plus the points. Okay. On to number 12, that is Washington. They had a 102.259 rating. They were 10-4 and four overall last year, an abysmal 5-9 and nine against the spread. Uh, but those four games that they lost, it was just by a combined 15 points. Uh, so which way do you think they're going this year? Yeah, it's hard to say that a 10-win season is uh, ever disappointing. Uh, but I think Chris Peterson has to feel like they, they left some some game on the table last year. Uh, this team came into the season uh, looking like a legitimate playoff contender. And as you said, Ben, they lost a, a number of games uh, by just a handful of points. Uh, so, you know, gone now is quarterback Jake Browning, um, who had guided the offense the last couple seasons. Um, and they've turned the reins over to uh, Georgia transfer Jacob Eason. Uh, Eason uh, will have the benefit of lining up, uh, much like Kellamon at A&M, behind one of the better offensive lines in college football, uh, especially their left tackle, Trey Adams, who returns uh, from an injury and is, uh, was after being a second-team All-American back in 2016. Washington opens up, uh, interestingly, against uh, State School as well, uh, Eastern Washington, uh, the Eagles uh, are an FCF school, uh, but by no means a pushover. Uh, they finished uh, runner-up last year in the championship, uh, losing to North Dakota State, and uh, finished number four overall in the index. Uh, Coach Aaron Best looks to have uh, another strong team coming in this year. And the Huskies are just uh, are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games on Saturdays. Just 6-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 18 games overall. So Vegas has this roughly a 20-point line right now, and uh, the index is backing Eastern Washington plus the points. Okay. Uh, number 11 now, Syracuse. They had a 102.259 rating to end the season last year. And they were a surprise at 10-3, uh, including a bowl victory over West Virginia. Um they might compete for the ACC, but, you know, obviously they have to play Clemson. Uh, what do you think about Syracuse? Well, I like Syracuse a lot. No doubt Dino Babers has done a wonderful job in bringing the Orange back. Uh, you know, like uh, Mark Stoops in, uh, in Kentucky, uh, it's fun to talk about Syracuse in a sport other than basketball. Number 11 is probably uh, too high for Syracuse. If you look uh, a little more closely at, at the Dunkel numbers, uh, their base rating ranked them just number 39, and their adjusted rating just number 32. So there probably will be some regression there, especially since Babers has to replace his quarterback, Eric Dungy, who was Syracuse's all-time leading passer. Uh, he's turning to uh, Dungy's backup, uh, sophomore Tommy DeVito, who did play well when he relieved Dungy last year in a couple of games. Uh, the Cues also has the benefit of having an All-American at kicker, uh, Andre Schmidt, 
who was an incredible 30 of 34 in field goals last year. So that should come in handy whenever the Orange come into uh, close games. Uh, they open up on the road uh, against Liberty. Uh, the Flames uh, were excited about their new coach, Hugh Freeze, uh, coming in. Freeze, of course, had been at Ole Miss and had been somewhat a thorn in Alabama's side at, at Ole Miss uh, until um, uh, the Rebels got put on probation. This was supposed to be kind of uh, Freeze's comeback story, but Freeze unfortunately uh, has suffered from a staph infection and uh, will not be at the game. So that's a tough situation for the Flames to be in uh, in their opener. Uh, Syracuse comes in 7-3 and three against the spread in their last 10 games in Week 1. We look for that trend to continue. Uh, the Vegas line is Syracuse by 17. We have the orange to cover that number. All right, now getting into the top 10, we have Iowa. Last season, they had a 103.663 rating. They were 10-4 and four last season, and they capped off with a bowl game victory over Mississippi State. Um, what do you think about Iowa this season? Uh, uh, yeah, um, can we cut there and stop there for a sec? Yeah, Ben, uh, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, it was kind of an up-and-down season last year. Uh, they started out 6-1 and one and then uh, suffered through three straight conference losses uh, before finishing with three straight wins, uh, the last being a, a victory over Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. Uh, this is a program that I think steady is the word that comes to mind, uh, starting with their head coach, Kirk Ferentz, uh, who is in his 21st season at Iowa. That's the longest tenure of any coach in the FBS. Uh, the Hawkeyes uh, open up this year against Miami of Ohio. Uh, Chuck Martin took over a Red Hawks team uh, back in 2013 that w had been 0-12, and it's kind of methodically brought them back to respectability. Uh, they were 6-6 six and six last year. But they've lost their quarterback and their two top running backs, so that's a very difficult situation to come into especially starting out against a quality team like Iowa. Uh, the Hawkeyes are favored by 21 in this one. Uh, the index has the Hawkeyes to cover that number. Okay, now with number nine, we have probably the most surprising team last year. That was Notre Dame. They finished with a 104.083 rating. They were 12-1. and one. Um but against the spread, they were just 6-6-1, six, six and one, and it shows why they're a really tough team to bet on. Uh, they start off this year at Louisville, uh, just 2-3 and three when opening in a true away game. What do you think about them early? Yeah, Notre Dame, well, a great season last year, especially uh, after uh, Coach Brian Kelly switched quarterbacks, uh, putting Ian Book in uh, instead of Brandon Wimbush. Uh, Book really clicked, and the offense uh, took off from there. Little disheartening, uh, their semifinal performance against Clemson. Uh, they were beaten 30 to three, so definitely took some of the luster away from what was a really, really good season. But book is back, uh, and so another big year in Notre Dame is is in the offing. They do open up on the road against Louisville. Uh, I think when the uh, uh, when the schedulers put this game together. Uh, it looked a lot more sexy than, than it truly is. Uh, last year was a disaster for the Cardinals. 
starting with losing their Heisman Trophy winner from the year before, Lamar Jackson. Uh, they were unable to really find uh, a quarterback. And uh, Bobby Petrino uh, was given the heave-ho after a very disappointing 2-10 season. Uh, they do have a, a strong new coach in Scott Satterfield, who did uh, some big things at Appalachian State. Uh, but it's going to take a while for Satterfield uh, to turn that program around. Cardinals are just 3-13 and 13 against the spread in their last 16 home games. Not a good trend coming into this opener against the Fighting Irish. Uh, Notre Dame is 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight September games. This is a three-touchdown line in Vegas. Uh, Dunkel has Notre Dame covering that with ease. Okay, now number eight team, we have Mississippi State. Last year they had a 104.740 rating. Uh, they had an 8-5 and five record, mostly due to the strength of their defense, which gave up just 13.2 points per game on average. Uh, can they outperform expectations this year? Yeah, kind of a uh, surprise. Uh, the Mississippi State uh, was led so much by their defense. Uh, their new head coach last year, uh, Joe Moorhead, who took over for Dan Mullen, uh, was expected to bring in a, a strong offense uh, with him from Penn State uh, and had a, a experienced quarterback in Nick, Nick Fitzgerald at the helm there. But as you said, uh, it was really the defense that, that took over. Uh, and a couple of those, those folks, Montez Sweat and Jeffrey uh, Simmons in particular, uh, became NFL draftees uh, from that defense. So uh, the defense is going to be rebuilding. But the good news is uh, Moorhead may actually have found his quarterback of the future, Tommy Stevens, who was the heir apparent in Penn State, transferred, uh, and will be t- taking the snaps in Starkville. So looking for bigger things out of uh, Mississippi State's offense coming into this season. Uh, The Bulldogs open up against Louisiana Lafayette, uh, and the Raging Cajuns uh, had a a pretty decent year last year under first-year head coach Billy Napier. Uh, They went 7-7 and and, uh, ended up winning the Sunbelt West Conference uh, and advancing to a bowl game. But uh, Mississippi State is 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six non-conference games, uh, while Louisiana is just 3-7 and seven against the spread in their last 10 overall. Uh, this one is a, a neutral site game at the Superdome, and we've got Mississippi State uh, covering the 22-point line in Vegas. All right, now at number seven, we have the Florida Gators, who finished with a 104.893 rating. They went from 4 and 8 in 2017 to 10 and 3 last year. They went through a tough stretch but rebounded late including that big blowout we talked about earlier over Michigan in the bowl game. So what do you expect from Florida this year? Yeah, well the good news in Gainesville is it looks like the coaching carousel has finally come to an end. Uh Dan Mullen uh returned. Uh, he'd been a uh, coordinator under Urban Meyer during the glory years back in the 2000s. Uh took took over the reins after a few unsuccessful coaches tried to replace Meyer, and yeah, as you said, a couple couple bumps early, uh, including that big loss to Kentucky, uh, which snapped that 31-game uh, winning streak, but he rebounded nicely at the end, and big wins over Florida State and, and Michigan have the Gators feeling very good about coming into this year. Uh, a lot will depend on the maturation of quarterback Felipe Franks, who showed uh, progress uh, down the stretch, 
but uh, strong defense coming in, uh, especially uh, with defensive linemen uh, Jabari Zuniga and, and defensive backs C.J. Henderson, both NFL caliber players there. The Gators have one of the most interesting matchups uh, of the week. Uh, they renew their rivalry with Miami, which has been on again, off again. The last time these two, two teams played was back in 2013. If this game had been played last year, it would be the Hurricanes who would be coming in with most of the excitement. They were picked by most folks to finish in the top 10. But uh, the season quickly turned into a disaster. Uh, It ended with a 32-point loss to Wisconsin in the pinstripe bowl. So gone is coach Mark Richt, and in his place uh, is former defensive coordinator Manny Diaz. So folks in Coral Gables are very excited about having Diaz take over the reins. Uh, He's starting a redshirt freshman at quarterback in Jaron Williams and going up against a defense uh, with the likes of Henderson and Zuniga, that's a tall task. Vegas has this game a seven-point line. Uh, the Dunkel Index has uh, the Gators to cover that. Okay, now uh, moving on to number six, we have Texas, who finished with a 105.814 rating. Now they were 10 and four overall, but just six and eight against the spread. And this was another team that rebounded late, uh, beating OU and getting ranked in the top 10 for the first time in eight years. Do you think their momentum's still going up this year? Yeah, uh, Tom Herman uh, did a great job there his first year uh, with the Longhorns. Uh, their Sugar Bowl win uh, certainly puts Texas back into the national conversation, which has uh, fans in Austin very excited. And they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Sam Ellinger, who uh, last year set Big 12 record with 308 consecutive passes without without a pick. The uh, the Longhorns open up this year against Louisiana Tech. Uh, the Bulldogs have been one of the Conference USA's most consistent programs under Skip Holtz. Uh, but their defense has serious questions coming in, especially after the loss of career sacks leader Jalen Ferguson to the NFL. Louisiana Tech is 0-10 uh, straight up in its last 10 versus the Big 12. And Texas is 18-0 straight up in its last 18 against Sunbelt Conference teams. This looks to be a nice opener for the Longhorns, who are favored by 21. And the index uh, has the Longhorns covering that number. Okay, now moving into the top five, we have Georgia. They finished with a 107.532 rating last year. They were 11-2, and two, uh, but two of those losses came in the last two games of the season, uh, Alabama in the SEC title game and then Texas in the bowl game. Um, so it's always going to be a tough road in the SEC, but can they compete for the conference and maybe even the playoffs? Yeah, somewhat explainable. Uh, Georgia's um, loss there in, in the end in the Sugar Bowl after a dispiriting loss. Uh, once again to Alabama. Uh, you know, Alabama seems to be the obstacle that Kirby Smart just can't get past. But they continue to be the beast in the SEC East, uh, and that doesn't look to be changing, with, especially with uh, quarterback Jake Fromm coming back uh, and uh, one of the best running backs in the nation in DeAndre Swift. So once again, Georgia is certainly in the mix uh, for the national championship conversation. Uh, The Bulldogs open up uh, wasting no time getting right into the conference schedule uh, against Vanderbilt. 
Uh, Derek Mason, uh, Vandy's coach, has been very coy about who's going to be starting at quarterback, uh, but he's got a tall order to fill the shoes of Kyle Shermer, who had uh, led the offense the last couple seasons. Uh, he's got uh, transfer from Ball State in Riley Neal and uh, Deuce Wallace, who returns uh, from a year-long suspension to choose from. Uh, the hunches, um, uh, Mason will probably play uh, both, but going up against that dog's defense, uh, that uh, doesn't look to be uh, too opportunistic for, for those folks. Uh, Vandy, though, has had some success uh, against the Bulldogs the last couple seasons and actually has been 4 and 2 against the spread in their last six games against Georgia. So this, uh, this one's on the road in Nashville. Uh, Georgia's favored uh, by 17 points. Uh, the index actually has Vanderbilt plus the points in this one. Okay. Moving on to number four now, Oklahoma. They averaged 108, or sorry, they were rated 108.466 last year, and they averaged 48.4 points per game. They bring in Jalen Hurts this year. Um, what do you think about Oklahoma? Well, Lincoln Riley is two for two when it comes to Heisman trophies uh, with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. But unfortunately uh, for fans in Norman, he's 0 for 2 when it comes to national championships. And of course, that's what Oklahoma lines up to play for every season. As you said, uh, Riley may be joining the If You Can't Beat Them, join them club there by bringing uh, Jalen Hurts in at quarterback. Of course, Alabama beat the Sooners uh, in the national semifinal last year, 45-34. So Hertz comes in, uh, has been anointed the the starter for the opener, and uh, uh, should see a lot of action, especially to uh, his uh, superstar wideout, C.D. Lamb. Uh, they open up uh, against Houston. Uh, that's an interesting game against the Cougars, uh, who have a new coach this year, and Dana Holgerson. Of course, Holgerson coming over from West Virginia, uh, where he came within three points of beating Oklahoma last year and advancing to the uh, to the Big 12 championship. So this must feel like uh, a conference game for Holgerson. Uh, he takes over for Ma- Major Applewhite uh, and has one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, D'Eric uh, King, coming back. So the Cougars uh, look like they can give uh, Oklahoma a little bit of a game in this one. The Vegas line is uh, 24 points by the Sooners. Uh, Dunkel has the Cougars uh, with the points on this one. Okay, now moving on to number three, we have Ohio State. They finished with a 108.920 rating, but it's tough to make uh, heads or tails of them this year. They lost their head coach, Urban Meyer, QB Dwayne Haskins, and eight other NFL draft choices this offseason. So what do you think about Ohio State this year? Yeah, talk about uh, a major undertaking. Uh, head coach uh, Ryan Day, uh, who had been uh, an assistant to Meyer, takes over uh, as head coach and, as you said, uh, has to uh, replace an NFL-caliber quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but the good news is they were able to get a transfer. Justin Fields comes over uh, from Georgia. Fields was a five-star recruit, uh, but couldn't unseat Jake Fromm in Athens. So he, uh, he comes over and um, takes over the offense in Columbus. Uh, he's not without some, some real assets 
especially in running back with J.K. Dobbins, who had over 1,000 yards rushing last year, uh, and K.J. Hill, uh, a wide receiver who had over uh, 800 uh, yards receiving. So he has uh, options on the offensive end. Uh, They open up this year uh, against Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, of course, is uh, coached by Lane Kiffin uh, two years ago. uh, The Owls look like a genius for bringing Kiffin in. Uh, He took them all the way to the Conference USA Championship, uh, and then they routed Akron uh, in the Boca Raton Bowl 50-3. But uh, what a difference a year makes. Uh, Kiffin was only able to muster a uh, a 5-7 record last year. And that included a 64 to or 63-14 loss to the Oklahoma Sooners uh, in the opener. So he faces a similar uh, task in facing, Oklahoma, or facing Ohio State in this year's opener. Uh, the Owls are 0-4 against the spread in their last four non-conference games, um, whereas Ohio State is uh, 4-1 against the spread in their last five. So we look for Ohio State uh, to cover the number on this one. Uh, Vegas has it a 27-28 point line. Uh, we've got Ohio State favored by by 32, I believe, in the end. All right. And now number two, Alabama. So they were the number one team, actually, in the win-loss ratings and the base ratings. They won every regular season game by at least 20 points, then beat UGA and Oklahoma on the way to the national title game. But, and it's a big but. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. No, no doubt about it. My gosh, what what a shocker that was. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people outside of uh, Tuscaloosa who are very happy to see Nick Saban knock down a few notches. But uh, don't cry for me, Argentina, on this one. Let me tell you, Alabama comes back and they are stocked. Uh, Tua Tagalavoa comes back at quarterback. Uh, he has two uh, terrific receivers to throw to in Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, uh, and one of the better running backs in the nation in, in Najee Harris. Then uh, the scary thing for folks lining up against the Tide this year is that uh, Saban and Alabama will be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, so first one to face that intimidating test is Duke, uh, the Blue Devils, uh, coached by David Cutcliffe, who is actually actually an Alabama grad uh, and has become a uh, quarterback whisperer uh, after coaching Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And then, of course, last year, uh, Duke's quarterback Daniel Jones uh, went off to the NFL and looks to be the heir apparent to Eli Manning in New York with the Giants. So, uh, that was the good news for the Blue Devil. The bad news is that Cutcliffe has to find a, a young quarterback to take their place. Uh, lining up against Alabama in week one looks to be a, a, a very difficult task. It's a, a young team in Durham, uh, and they've been beset by some injuries, so uh, they're getting younger all the time. Uh, the, uh, the Crimson Tide despite the troubles against Clemson, have actually had uh, good success against the ACC in the recent past. They're 7-3 and three, uh, in their last 10 games against the spread against ACC opponents. Uh, this one is a 34-point uh, line, and uh, Dunkel has um, the Crimson Tide covering that. Okay. 
And that brings us to the number one team last year, which was Clemson. They finished the season with a 126.157 rating. No one in the ACC looks to really challenge them this year, so playoffs seem like a foregone conclusion. But uh, how good do you think they'll be? Yeah, I mean, after that 44-16 to debacle uh, against uh, Alabama, for Alabama last year, um, the Tigers look like a super team. And uh, as you, you alluded to, Trevor Lawrence – uh, looks like the next great quarterback, and he returns, um, as does uh, running back Travis Edian and um, wide receivers Justin Ross and T. Higgins. This team is loaded. Uh, the only team that can probably beat Clemson is, is Clemson itself. Um, in week one, uh, Georgia Tech will line up and, 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 and try to do the impossible. Uh, the Yellow Jackets uh, have no longer have Paul Johnson at uh, at coach. Uh, he's moved on, uh, and the triple option has left with him in his place. We have Jeff Collins, who comes over from Temple. Uh, he's expected to put in more of a pro-style offense uh, up there in Atlanta. So uh, expect, uh, you know, the Yellow Jackets to move the ball a little bit more through the air than they have in past years. But to go into Death Valley in the opener, uh that looks very, very difficult. Um, the Yellow Jackets uh, are 0-4-1 against the spread uh, in their last five games at Clemson, and uh, Clemson is 6-1 and against the spread um, in their last seven uh, ACC contests. So this one uh, has all the makings of a blowout, and Dunkel has, uh, has uh, the Tigers covering the line. All right, fair enough. And that brings us to the end of our list. I'd like to remind everyone that we'll have a full recap posted on the site in the new section for our articles. And uh, would you like to say anything before we sign off? Yeah, no, Ben, thanks very much. We look forward to doing uh, more of these podcasts in the future. Uh, would love uh, folks to, to let us know what they're thinking. Um, and we do have all the picks up once again on the website uh, that, at dunkleindex.com for week one. Uh, we'll be posting picks both for the FBS and FCS throughout the season as well as the NFL. So uh, please come check them out. Uh, looks to be a great season. Uh, everybody has, uh, including the Dunkel Index, as Alabama and Clemson, uh, looking like uh, they're on a, a collision course for the national championship yet again. But uh, it will be fun to see how they get there or maybe even more fun to see if somebody can upset. So uh, stay tuned. All right. Thank you.